This podcast is supported by Progressive, a leader in RV insurance. RVs are for sharing adventures with family, friends, and even your pets. So if you bring your cats and dogs along for the ride, you'll want Progressive RV insurance. They protect your cats and dogs like family by offering up to $1,000 in optional coverage for vet bills in case of an RV accident, making it a great companion for the responsible pet owner who loves to travel. See Progressive's other benefits and more when you quote RV insurance at Progressive.com today. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Pet injury is an additional coverage and subject to policy terms. This episode is brought to you by Skinny Pop Popcorn. Perfectly popped, endlessly delicious. Oh, so light and crunchy. Skinny Pop Original Popcorn is the snack you've been searching for. Made with just three simple ingredients, popcorn kernels, sunflower oil, and salt. Snacking never felt or tasted so good. Perfectly popped, endlessly delicious. Give yourself permission to snack and pick up Skinny Pop Original Popcorn today. Imagine a place of your own in your name. A place where all your stuff is. Where there's a dinner table and a family around it. Virginia Housing makes it possible for thousands across the Commonwealth with our special homeownership programs, including loans, grants, and free classes. Because when we help people buy homes, their communities thrive. Click to learn more about Virginia Housing and see how home helps everyone. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Two Guys from Hollywood podcast, an iHeartRadio and Dan Patrick Podcast Network production. I'm Alan Nevins. And I'm Joey Santos. And we want to thank everyone who tuned in to our first episode. Today, we're going to talk about one of our favorite subjects, travel and food. Ooh, which one? I don't know. I like them both. Well, I like the travel part. Well, and the food part. And the travel part. And the food part. (laughs) But anyway, joining our conversation today is the creator of Everybody Loves Raymond and the host of the hit Netflix series, Somebody Feed Phil. Phil Phil Rosenthal. Rosenthal. And he was so much fun. Great guys. Let's grab a drink and dive in. Yeah, you're going to love this interview. So what's this cocktail you have brought in today? I may... I don't even know where to begin. You know, we didn't well, really get called? to... Well, what is that can I thing get called? there, please? It's called the Mazzoltini. Mazzoltini. I get it. Like Mazzoltal. Yes. And I figured, <laughs> you know, it's been the strangest year. Number one, 2020 was just horrendous. I thought I would create something since we didn't really get to celebrate Christmas the way we like or Hanukkah the way we like. So I made a Mazzoltini uh, just sort of like will encompass a little bit of... Christmas and Hanukkah and the holiday, and it's blue, and it has blueberries in it. There's eight blueberries, one that. for each day of of Hanukkah, and uh, it's got enough booze to send you back to. Oh, I like it already. Put mine down right here in yet. front of me. Yes. Okay. Well, here. Cheers. Cheers. Mazel. Dini. <laughs> So what's going on? Tell me about your week. What is happening in your life this week? I took a little trip to um, Palm Desert, and I absolutely relaxed. And I was planning on laying out in the sun and getting a little bit of color, but it was very cold. I mean, very cold is 52, but uh, it was still beautiful. The mountains, the view, you know, all of that hiking, all of the stuff that Palm Palm Desert has that sort of real spiritual energy. So I just took it in, relaxed. Mm -hmm. Great. And you? I went to Mammoth, actually. Did you ski? I did not ski. The snow was kind of okay, and the weather was kind of not great. And how much were the lift tickets? (laughs) 
Let's not even go there. But it, it didn't matter because we didn't, you know, it, it wasn't really meant to be a ski trip this time. It was relaxation. I saw friends of ours, Gary and Julie. Oh, good. We had a great dinner with them and talked about upcoming plans for this summer for, of all things, travel. Do you think we're going to be able to pull this one off? Because we we paid for this trip over a year ago. Then the pandemic hit. So that was ixnay. They wouldn't give us our money back or our deposit for the yacht and everything else. So do you really think we're going to be <laughs> able better. to get... <laughs> do you I'm think going, we're going to be I able going, to go? I am going coughing and hacking the whole way. No, well, I you're not to. sitting next to me. Okay, well, I'll sit one more seat over. <laughs> yeah, on the wing. Yeah. Um, no, so, I mean, do you think... Have we been in touch with those people that are holding our money hostage? It's all, it's all set to go. Is it? We just have to decide... If yeah. we can. Yeah. Remember that trip we did, uh, what was it, two years ago now? The one that we had uh, Janice... She, oh, we invited her to Italy. That was... Yeah. <laughs> Everywhere we went, she was. She would speak to this... I don't know what kind of Italian it was. Broken, that was. It was, a it was the craziest mumble jumble of wella, wella, wetta. Whatever Italian she was speaking, no Italian has ever heard that language before. Ever. Not even Julius Caesar could utter that nonsense. So, but we had a blast. We did have a blast. <laughs> this is Janice Dickinson, the world's first supermodel. She was our guest in Italy at the villa, and we did have a blast. Although there were some mishaps. The emergency trip to the doctor, to the, right, hospital, to the hospital, when she tripped over a lit candle and burned her foot. foot. She stepped in the she stepped in stepped the, she stepped in the candle on, on the, floor. the ping pong ball. No, she stepped. <laughs> she stepped in the, the candle. Yeah, yeah, and burned her foot right. terribly. She was at third degree. And burns. then, how much money did she raise for that 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 bride? We were down in the piazza of the town. There were some people out in the piazza, with and they the were women. celebrating their the bride's bride, bridal shower. Bride. You know, with the tiara. And uh, and remember, and the banner. they saw her and they got all excited. And then she started because they give money in Italy. You know, you give money to the bride. Yeah, you, you go around with a little cup. So she, she started going around the whole piazza. Give this woman some money. Give some. She said, "You're cheap. Money. Put more than that in there." I think the girl wound up paying for her honeymoon for, from that. Yeah, from Janice's she little badgering of, of, money. Uh, uh, of got, the tourist. Until it got a little out of control. Yeah, when she ran off with the groom <laughs> or the fiance. <laughs> He was cute, so good, go, good for you, Janice. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Lord. So where are we going this summer? Do you so, remember? Well, you made the plan. I, all I do is write the check, and then you said we're going to go first. Wherever I want. Yeah, but you changed it now because originally we were going to go to Italy first, then Montenegro. Then right, take but the we had to move the boat up because the whole year is all messed up. So yeah, we so that's the all boat, screwed so up. The now you want to go to London, and then you want to go to No, Italy. I got to go to London for the book fair. That's later. That's late in the month. So, so how now, does it start? To Dubrovnik. To get on the and boat. then we'll do Italy after that, and then from there I'd like to go down to the uh, down to Capri and Positano and Sorrento, that whole peninsula there, and see some friends that I have there, and then uh, and Naples, and then we'll go up to the villa for a week. And now because they've moved the book fair, we'll have to go. We'll have to skip all those weeks we usually spend at the villa, and I'll have to fly to London. And then I think after London, I've never been to Normandy or that part of France. I was thinking I'd like to go over there. Well, that's going to be, well, how long do you think I need to take off? Because it's going <laughs> to be long like two months. No. Well, I mean, I'm, planning, I take four I'm weeks. planning seven weeks myself. 
Well, I'll take four of those weeks. Uh, yeah, I can do the seven weeks. I work the whole time I'm there, as you know. I'm up all night and going to bed. But is at... that working? What? Being up all night? Yeah. Oh, I it's thought always those worked. were other things you it's were doing. my 10th year. Oh. Because no, I'm up, when I I've start... seen you up all night, it wasn't You mean working. snoring? <laughs> <laughs> Keeping everybody else up all night. No, no. I sit outside there. I, last, don't you remember last summer, I saw the sun come up like 70% of the time. Whose sun? <laughs> no, no, I know you do. You're a workaholic. Well, because of the time difference, it was easy. Start work there at 6 p.m. Should work till like 2 or 3, but you know me, a workaholic. So when the sun came up, I'd always say, okay, now it's time around 5, and then I'd right. go to bed. Well, it works. Yeah, no, it works. It's worked for 10 no years. And look how many clients and publishers and friends and have been there. Over 10 years, we've had something like 100 guests or something. Yeah, that's true. But yeah, it'll be fun. I'm I'm anxious to go this year. To, it's, we're going to do Montenegro. All right. Well, I'm open. The reason we're talking about this is because we discussed, you know, how important travel is, and it was interesting watching the. I'm not gonna. I'm not doing politics here. I'm just stating while watching the the election, how many people would say that France or Italy or Spain were socialist, socialist countries. They said, oh, do you want those socialist countries? And then they would compare them to Venezuela, which isn't even socialist. It's a, it's a dictatorship. And they would say these are the same places. And of course, you know, anybody who's been to Europe knows that those are not socialist countries and they run very well. Yeah, but It's the term, so important to get out and see the world. Of course. The term the ugly American came from a real place. And that because our selfish behavior... We would go to countries, and instead of enjoying what they have to offer, the food, the getting a little bit of the learning a little bit of the language before you even go, and appreciating the art and the beauty and the culture, where I want a burger. And now you go to Europe, and there's nothing but McDonald's because that damn ugly American, you know, started that trend of the damn we got to have a burger, we got to have the fries, we got to have the shit. Hey, you might as well stay home. You might as well. If you're not going to go and immerse yourself in the culture and figure out what it's about and why it's yeah, there and it's, what its, it's history it's is, obscene. then you're wasting your and time. Then, you know, and then you expect the same thing. No, and, and it's important. I always encourage young people that I meet or my friends' kids, and I always say, you know, you should take either a year, and if not a year, go for a summer exchange. You know, as an exchange student, go for the summer because it will change your life. Your eyes will open. The world suddenly makes sense. And all you have to do is go to a place like Rome, right? And every time you and I have been there, you just look around and the history is just around you. Oh, my you. God. It you don't need to you. open yeah, a book. It, it, it completely. It's right there. And, and the dates are there and the things. And you learn it just because you're in it. You learn it automatically. I mean, even if you, were, if you had your head so far up your ass, as a, as, just as a person, like there are people that have their head so far up their ass. If you could just peek out a little bit, it would change everything for you. And if you, I don't understand how you could be surrounded with such beauty and, and artistry that it wouldn't affect you in some way. I mean, I get emotional when I walk into the, into the churches and just down this cobblestone streets and see the architecture and the, all of that. And I don't know how you can just be numb to it all. You know, it, it, it is life-changing. Everybody should have a trip somewhere, anywhere, whenever you can. Yeah, you really, you need, really to need to understand that the rest of the world is 
not like the United States. You know, the other thing that, that that's interesting about the two countries, and not that one is better. You know, all the haters are going to write in, oh, you're anti-American. I'm not anti. How? I love this I'm place. I'm completely pro-American. But what do you think America is based on? Of course. Them. Have we forgotten? But they have the attitude, the European attitude is quite different than ours. The underlying sort of desires and how they live their lives is quite different. And some people find that very appealing when they go there, which is why they never come back. They're not as uh, monetarily driven as, say, Americans might be. You know, you don't go into people's houses there and everybody's got an 80-inch TV, if they even have a TV, because it's not what they do. Well, they like to be. I mean, there's not a, first of all, the mentality, which we should learn from, is they work to live and we live to work. to work and so i mean i'll never forget the first time i went to europe and i and i was like frustrated like why is this store closed it's only two o'clock or three o'clock right and my mother was like it's siesta they take time with their family they go home and have dinner i'm like but i want to buy something she's <laughs> like no you're missing the point and that's where we lose. If it's yeah, a but then, by the way, how many times have we been in the piazza at midnight and they're out there pushing their kids in strollers? It's midnight, and yeah. everybody's out there strolling around. And the music around. is playing, and everybody's enjoying each other. And you it's know, very sociable. And if there's a nice day, no matter where you are, whether it's in England, whether it's in Germany, any part, when it's a beautiful day, everything stops, and they just take that in. The they go to the park. They, they they take that in because they're not spoiled like we are. You know, we take everything for granted. So when they see something, they appreciate it. You know? No, and we shouldn't compare them. They're not comparable. They're different no, we places. Have a different mindset. In the same way that New York, L.A., everybody's always saying which one's better. You can't do that no, because no hands down, L.A. has better weather. But New York has so many other things to offer that L.A. does not. We don't need to go into them. But they are two different cities that have great things to offer. They both have negatives. They both have positives. I think the bottom line, and maybe really what we're saying underneath it all, if we spent more time learning from each other and taking the best parts yes, that we have parts. and share with them and the best parts that they have and share with us, and then we can do it together, celebrate that together, that's success. I have friends all over the world for that reason, because I'm I'm a guest and I behave as such and I'm appreciative and I'm invited back. So that philosophy might be something we, we may need as Americans, you know, how to behave a little well, bit. Well, you know those checks you've been sending me. That's what's those been... are Slavics. No, those are... <laughs> I sent you Slavics, not checks. I've been writing them to those people so they would keep inviting <laughs> oh, you Oh, is that what the... <laughs> Oh, I just good. forward the malls. Please, well, invi please invite him again. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I, you know, listen, you and I have flown a couple times during this pandemic, you know, with masks tight around our face on short flights. Yes. You know, it'd be nice to get back to flying again. Speaking of flying, how is that going with you? You're taking flying lessons. Oh, I am so, I cannot tell you. I'm so excited about my flying lessons. You know, my father flew. Yeah, and yeah, I remember. I didn't. That. I didn't until a few weeks ago. I didn't even know that he flew uh, here out of Van Nuys and out of the valley when we were very young here. And then when we moved to Mammoth, he was a partner in a plane, and we flew all the time. We flew everywhere because it's a, you know it's a, at that time it was about a six hour drive to get there. You know it was to wasn't yet a Mammoth. It wasn't double lane the whole way, and it was you know it could be. And slow. then it was a horse and yes. carriage. No, we. 
Yeah, and then we went to steam engine, and then oh, we got a car. Good. Yeah. Well, you know, you are of a certain <laughs> age. <laughs> All right, never mind. Go ahead. So how is it going? And now an electric car. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, it's and so I've always said I'm going to fly. I'm going to fly. I'm going to fly, and I never did. I don't know why. And then uh, just literally like four weeks ago, I was talking to a client on the phone. I said, well, you know, what have you been doing? And she said, oh, I'm taking flying lessons. And of course, I was like, well, you are, right? Well, well, what's going on? And she had done all the re all the stuff I didn't want to do. She'd already done. She'd done the research. She gave me all the stuff. She told me the schools I should go to, where I should fly out of. So, I, you know, the minute we hung up, I thought, you know what? I'm just going to dive in. And I called the school she recommended mm -hmm. out in Van Nuys. And literally a week later, I was flying. I'm impressed. I'm really proud so, of you. Yeah, it's fun. I mean, how many hours have you? Have I you only had have now? had. I've only done. I'm just under about six hours in the plane. Right. But listen, taking off is easy. You know that I could do that a thousand times. Landing's a little more complicated. I can get to. I can get myself to about twenty feet from the ground. <laughs> then it, well, then it gets a about... little shaky. It's it's a blast. It really is, and I can't wait. Speaking of, um, have you watched? Um... That HBO uh, the flight attendant. Yeah, I, I I just finished. I binged it. I'm done. <laughs> I it did. So I, I just finished it. the last episode yet last night. I think I watched the whole thing. I loved it. Yeah, she's really cute and funny and. Uh, yeah, you know who she reminded me a little bit of as I watched it. I thought, oh, Kate Hudson could have done this part. Yeah, and she she would have been great in that too. I think. Oh, she's terrific. By the way, people don't give her the credit she deserves. I don't know if you saw Nine. A lot of people did not see that she movie. She was brilliant. She was amazing in that, and nobody saw that movie, unfortunately. And she was fantastic. And Rosie Perez was great to see her back up on the on the screen. Yeah, she was good. She yeah, was, she, she was, was in something else I saw recently too. She suddenly got this. She's suddenly everywhere. Oh, good for her. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, I thought that the show was great. It was amusing. Yeah, it was, it was fun. fun. It was, you know, it's worth seeing. Yeah, totally. And it was only what about six, seven episodes? Six episodes, yeah. I think. yeah. So it rolled right in and right out. So yeah. it was, it was like the length of a long flight to, <laughs> yes. to, to New York, York where you had, yeah. to, you had to circle a few times. Yeah, uh, but it did make you want to travel again. Yeah, I, have I to think say. the two, my two big things of last year of not being able to do is travel and hug. Oh yeah, well you're a big hugger. I am a big hugger. Yeah. I'm like, don't touch me. <laughs> you are a don't touch me kind of <laughs> hugger. It's like, why is that person coming at me? They're like, <laughs> no, I'm a hugger. They're like eight yeah, foot four and 800 pounds. I don't want to hug them. Yeah. I hope I can get that back. I, I may have lost that inclination. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, uh, that and traveling. I mean, I miss that most. Where of would you so. like to go that you have not been? Or where have we gone that you really liked the food? Our most recent trip was Greece. Yeah. And I loved every part of that. I loved, actually, the, the flight over was amazing. I loved Athens. We rented a villa. Remember that? Yeah, that, that villa great villa. And by the town. way, do you remember right the dinner the we had? Right at the wall of the Acropolis. Do you remember that first night we walked right down the street and went to that yep. outdoor place? The 10 of us around that table. Yep. And had that um, unbelievable meal. Yep. And I loved Athens. I loved the energy, the shopping, the whole thing. And then I loved the food and I loved the people. I loved the music. We had a good time there. Yeah, Greece. That's top of my list. I'll always go to Greece. Always. I mean, no matter where else I go, I, I always like to stop in there and make that little noise. It was just really, yeah. really a fantastic And some place. of those islands we stopped at were amazing. Amazing. 
Yeah, that was surprise. Perfect trip. Surprises you didn't expect mm-hmm. when you got there. Like, oh, who knew? But they do have a lot of cats running around. They do have a lot of cats. I don't quite understand that. I was because when you got a lot of rats, you got a lot of cats. Well, please don't say that. Please, uh, that's my big fear. I have. I, that's one thing I cannot noted. Don't even think that's going to be a, like a practical joke for you. <laughs> oh no! Why would I ever think that? <laughs> I don't trust him. <laughs> And speaking of travel and food, coming up, we have Phil Rosenthal, the creator of Everyone Loves Raymond. Everybody loves Raymond. Everybody loves Thank Raymond. Thank you. And he's now in his fourth season of Somebody Body Feed Phil. Feed Phil. And, That's on Netflix. Uh, it's in its fourth season. It's a fun show because yeah, he's fun. fun, you know. And yeah, he's got and, great and energy. By the way, and he makes you want to travel. There's some of those cities. And he and makes like, you want to go. eat. Thanks, Phil. Thanks, yeah. Phil. And he's coming up next. Stay tuned. This podcast is supported by Progressive, a leader in RV insurance. RVs are for sharing adventures with family, friends, and even your pets. So if you bring your cats and dogs along for the ride, you'll want Progressive RV insurance. They protect your cats and dogs like family by offering up to $1,000 in optional coverage for vet bills in case of an RV accident, making it a great companion for the responsible pet owner who loves to travel. See Progressive's other benefits and more when you quote RV insurance at Progressive.com today. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Pet injury is an additional coverage and subject to policy terms. Imagine a place of your own in your name. A place where all your stuff is. Where there's a dinner table and a family around it. Virginia Housing makes it possible for thousands across the Commonwealth with our special homeownership programs, including loans, grants, and free classes. Because when we help people buy homes, their communities thrive. Click to learn more about Virginia Housing and see how home helps everyone. Night racing is back at Richmond Raceway. This spring, top NASCAR drivers like Ryan Blakey, Chase Elliott, Bubba Wallace, Ross Chastain, and Virginia's own Denny Hamlin will battle under the bright lights. And this historic track also offers a rocking infield experience with unparalleled access to your favorite drivers and one of the best tailgate scenes around. For a weekend of friends, family, and amazing short track action, head to Richmond Raceway, March 29th through 31st. Get tickets now at richmondraceway.com. Phil, we could not be more honored and excited that you're here, although we're going to blame you for our intensive weight gain over the last few weeks. I've been watching your show like crazy. Joey and I travel a lot already and, of course, eat a lot already. Uh, (laughs) Watching your Singapore show made me want to go out there, buy a ticket instantly. And a sandwich. And a sandwich (laughs) to Singapore. Come on. I thought that was an amazing show, and I just never realized Singapore was the city that it is, and so off I wanted to go. It is amazing. Here's what I'm here to say today. I know we're in the middle of this terrible thing. It's a tragedy what's happened and what is still happening. But look, the vaccines just got here, right? So so there's hope. Yep. I want people to watch the show, not just my show, any travel show or any travel magazine. Look it up. Look, go online. Plan your trip for a year from now. But I'm telling you, it's coming. No, I agree. And we have done that. I mean, I, I, we've lived our lives growing up and everything with that. Food, family, travel, all of that. And then living it through through your show has been amazing. I, I binged it. And that Mexico City episode, really, oh. it's amazing. First of all, I had a client for a long time who was from Mexico City. Yeah. And so she had taught me um, 
many of the recipes, you know, the authentic ones. Yes. As a matter of fact, I'm going to send you something when all this is, when, you know, when we're off this thing. But I made a, uh, a sauce, a, ch- uh, a very spicy sauce out of uh, dried chilies and then habanero. So I'm going to send it to you as a, it's a accompaniment sauce. I think you're going to love. So that'll be a little gift for being on. And it's so bastardized in this country, Mexican food especially. So when people get to see that and they see the color and the, the flavor and the history and the music of the food, it, it's really amazing. I, I, was, I loved that episode. I did too, because Mexico City, I'd never been. You know, mm-hmm. I've been to the tourist spots, Cabo yeah, San Luis. Same here. But Mexico City is a, a, a world. Yeah. You know, and when we say Mexican food, that's like saying American food. Yeah. There's lots of different foods, right? Mm-hmm. Lots of different regional specialties. Yeah. You know, I tell everyone if you like a food, go to the source. Yeah, exactly. Right? Mm-hmm. You like Mexican food, guess where it's really good? Yeah. If you like Italian food, guess where it's really, really good? Right? <laughs> yeah, for sure. You've got to go. Phil, I want to know, how did you get from creating Everyone Loves Raymond to a food show where you're traveling the world? And don't think I haven't noticed you're traveling without your wife. That's my second question. How you get away with that? Yeah, you look a little harder because she comes with me. Several times. Yeah. I uh, saw her in London. That's uh, right. So, yeah. That's right. But I noticed a lot of places. I thought, well, maybe she's just in the background and off shopping and having a good time. <laughs> she's always welcome. I love going with her. I've been traveling with her for 30 years, wow. right? In fact, the way I got her probably to even go out with me was I was a, I was a, the first time I ever went to Europe changed my life because I'd never been anywhere as a, as a kid. We couldn't afford to go anywhere. So I'd never been overseas. I'd never been any, anywhere. I'd only been on a plane to like a bar mitzvah or something to Atlanta, Georgia, my whole life. But if there was this courier thing that I could do from DHL, they, instead, of, instead of them having their own cargo planes like they do now, when they started, they would send their stuff, their freight, as a passenger's excess baggage. So they would buy a kid a coach ticket on an airline. Oh, and you would go to deliver it. You would take the luggage tags. You never carried anything, just right. the luggage tag. Get off the plane in, let's say, Zurich, and there'd be a guy at the airport with a sign that said DHL, and you give them the luggage tags. And then they would collect all the stuff. Right. right? I remember that. So I did that. A free round trip. Yep. They didn't, they didn't pay you anymore. No. That two weeks in between was your business. But the moment you landed in Europe, the world's your oyster. So yep. you hop on a train and you go. So I did this. So now I meet this girl, Monica. And I don't think we were even going out three months before I said, you want to go to Europe? <laughs> I didn't have any money at all, but I could bring this girl to Europe. You know, you, you take a girl to Paris. It kind of, it doesn't hurt. <laughs> yeah, no, it doesn't. That's a hell of a first date. Yeah. So travel got in deep really early, like in my early twenties. This was like, Oh, boy. So I, I was always, and I was doing this a lot. I became a sitcom writer, and then here comes Raymond, and then I'm getting to know Raymond. And after a year of Raymond, we get a hiatus, right? You get a, a in between seasons, and I ask him where he's going to go on his hiatus, his vacation. And he says, oh, I go to the Jersey Shore. And I said, that's nice. You ever been to Europe? He goes, no. Nah. I said, why not? He goes, I'm not really interested in other cultures. <laughs> What? The Jersey Shore is another culture. Yeah. 
Yeah. So, so I thought right away, right then and there, we got to do that episode. We got to do the episode where we send him to his own culture, Italy. We send him to Italy. He has that attitude. And then he's transformed during the course of the episode into my attitude. Someone who's very excited about travel and especially Italy and the food in Italy, the people, everything. Everything. The music. Yeah, everything. Years to convince him to get on a plane. But I write this episode and I write this arc of the character where he gets woke. And what happened to the character I saw happen to the person. I saw wow. Ray get it. Uh-huh. Like, like I saw the light in his eyes go on. Yeah. Oh, my God. Have you tried this gelato? I'm like, yeah, yeah. it's really good. <laughs> oh, my God, the pizza. Right? Okay. So when that happened, that was 20 years ago when we filmed that episode, the year 2000. Mm-hmm. Right there, I thought, oh, I love this. I love doing this for my friend. I, I want to do this for everybody someday. And after Raymond was over, five years later, it took me another 10 years to get this show. Wow. Yeah. And you decided, Buzz, different because this show you decided you were going to be in. Well, I thought this is the, the how, how do I show it? How do yeah. I do it? Uh, who's more excited than me? Nobody. Yeah, yeah if you're coming from a, pa- a passionate place, that, yeah. that, that, that resonates. You know what I mean? And that's exciting. And that makes everybody want to participate. Yeah. And I wanted to be the guy, right? And because I wanted to do it, it was probably hard for me to get it because I'm the behind the camera guy. That's how they see you. So good luck changing their minds when you're a sitcom guy. By the way, when you walk into your talent agency's office and you say, you know what, instead of making hit sitcoms, I would like to do a food and travel show, they act like you pooped on their desk. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> <laughs> but but I think people will be interested to know why is it that after such a hugely successful show, I mean, this is not some schlocky show you came off of, that you couldn't get something else no matter what it was. True. And it, by the way, I tried to write another sitcom immediately. They didn't want it. I tried to write another one after that. They didn't want it. And the stuff they wanted me to do, I didn't want to do, to be fair. Right. The business had changed, became a different type of entertainment that they wanted. And I was not Mr. Hip and Edgy. I had trouble getting Everybody Loves Raymond on the air when we did, because it wasn't uh, sexy in any way. Yeah, huh. but it sure was endearing. And here, here's one of our degrees of separation. Doris Roberts was one of my best friends up until she died. Oh. Yep. Yeah. But yeah, so she would come to every dinner party I had, and she always would say, she said, I'll cancel anything I have for one of your dinner parties. And she did, no matter what. When I had a party, if she had something else booked, she'd cancel it and she'd be at my house. Is that why she didn't lo- know her line sometimes? Always. <laughs> yeah, because she drank <laughs> Dom Perignon. And you know, that was her drink was Dom Perignon. And I'd always have a cold oh, bottle waiting, waiting for her. Yeah. Listen, she was a genius. And, and mm-hmm. we were lucky that we, that we found her. We read a hundred women for that part. A hundred. She was the, the, clearly the greatest. Yeah. She wrote that book, Are You Hungry, Dear? <laughs> I have a copy of it at home. <laughs> yeah, she was a, she was a good friend. I might have written that line. You for may her. have. <laughs> so because you couldn't be here, so we made you a little something to not eat. Yeah, I see. I see the side of something. It looks like bagels and lox. It looks like what is it? It's, it's a Jewish, Jewish pizza. pizza. You made that? 
Yeah, I made it for you, but you can't eat it because you're not here. So what are you? Is this a torture show? What do you want? <laughs> it has a little caviar on it and and capers. And my grandmother, last husband was Jewish, Simon Winter. Everybody assumed she was Jewish, you know, because she was married to Sai. Yeah. And she said, no, I'm Italian. She said, we're very similar. She said, the difference between an Italian woman and a Jewish woman is that the jewelry is fake, but the orgasms are real. <laughs> wow, that's good. That's a good one. Uh, I always thought, uh, because, you know, Ray was Italian and I was Jewish, uh, I said, there's not, not a huge difference there. Uh all problems are solved with food. Yeah. And the mother the mother never leaves you alone. <laughs> right. True. True. Joey has created a drink for you that we get to drink, you don't. Oh, it's like the pizza. It's like the pizza. We, <laughs> well, we, we wanted you to be here, but because of the circumstances, we could. <laughs> what is that? That's a blue something, you know, the martini glass. Look at that beautiful color. What's in there? Well, because we figured 2020 was the worst year for everything and everyone. So you, we missed... The holidays, forget it. They're terrible for most people, and on the best of circumstances. So I wanted to do something a little bit for Hanukkah. So I, I called this the Mazzoltini. And I know you like martinis, so I made a Mazzoltini oh, yeah. just for what, Hana what we would have had on Hanukkah. Instead, we're having it now. So this is to you. That's very fancy. Yeah. Uh, you know where the best martini in the world is, don't you? Where? Did you see our London episode? Duke's. You got it, Alan. That's right. Somebody took me to Duke's years ago, and I remember when they sprayed with the atomizer type thing, they sprayed the glass with the vermouth. Yep. Oh, yeah. And I thought, are they kidding me? <laughs> it was like just a quick whoosh. And, and then they added the vodka or the gin. And it, I loved it, though, because they do it at the table, and it's a whole production. And, you know, it's like paying for the – you're not paying for the alcohol as much as you're paying for the, the production. Well, that's okay. But it's great. It's somewhere we should go when back in London. I get about three sips of that in me. I mean, we're talking about five ounces of unadulterated booze. Yeah, someone uh, didn't warn me, and I went into my third martini, and that was that was the problem. Wow, three. Do you remember that Dorothy Parker quote? She said, my, I, I love a good martini. It's my favorite drink. She said, one, I'm the life of the party. Two, I'm on top of the piano. And three, I'm under the host. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> My drink's getting low, so we'll be right back. Isn't the point of traveling to get away from it all? To feel the best you've ever felt? Then maybe you should check out Aruba. You'll spend your time relaxing on cool, white, sandy beaches and floating in healing blue water. You'll meet locals brimming with gratitude for an island that redefines what a paradise can be. When your trip comes to an end, you won't need another vacation. Because you just had the vacation. That's the Aruba effect. Plan your trip at aruba.com. We got another day of NBA action. And with FanDuel, every night is a watch party. So it's time for your FanDuel crew to make their bets. So, what's the move tonight, gang? You know that new customers who bet $5 get $200 back in bonus bets if you win. Woohoo! We're heating up, fam. Bet all the stars with all your friends and make every moment more only on FanDuel. New customers bet $5, get $200 back in bonus bets if you win. Make every moment more with FanDuel. It goes down in the field. It goes down. Go down in the field. 
21 plus and present in Virginia. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued is non-withdrawable bonus vest that expires seven days after receipt. See full terms at fanduel.com slash sportsbook. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. This episode is brought to you by Indeed. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match with Indeed. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash MBO. Terms and conditions apply. When I want to go back to you, we're discussing Raymond and that you got him to go to Italy finally. Did it change his life? Did he start going back to Europe? Yes. Yes. In fact, his wife's from Italy. And she had been trying to get him to go visit her relatives in Sicily. And now he goes every couple of years. So it's fantastic. Unless you had a horrible experience, right? You it, it, it's like an addiction. You have to do it. There's no better. I realized early on in my early 20s when I literally had no money at all. I thought after that first trip, probably after the first day of being in Paris, this is what your money's for. Every spare nickel I have. That isn't going to food or rent is going to be put in the jar for this, for these experiences. Here's a question you don't have to ask me. Why did you do this? Mm-hmm. Because I think the world would be better if we all experience a little bit of other people's experiences. Exactly. Right? Oh, absolutely. Mind expanding thing we can do in life and travel and, and not to get uh, political on your nice show, but we wouldn't be in the position we're in. If you're right. Well, we've discussed that quite a bit because seventy so, percent so, of Americans don't even have passports. I was just about, and to they're say calling that. places like France and Italy socialist countries, and I'm like, no, you don't know what you're talking about. There's nothing socialist about them, except yeah, maybe they give you some health care, and they have way faster trains than we do, and certainly better roads in Italy. So I don't know why you're calling them socialist. <laughs> well. To, for another show, but yeah. <laughs> obviously we're on the same page. But but uh, how, uh, travel is so. Um, I do the show to show you that it's fun. Missing. First right. of all, it's fun. Second, all of us need to be ambassadors at this time. Yes. Just by going and being a half decent person, you're a great ambassador for your country, for your town, for your family, for you as a human being. And then what you get back in return, I don't have to tell you because you love it already. Yeah. But it's a change of perspective on your life. On everything. Yep. And we have friends all over the world that we absolutely adore. And now, you know, it's even easier because of FaceTime and other things. You can, st- you can stay up with what they're doing and talk to them whenever you want. And it's incredible because you feel like you have a little bit of culture from all of them. And when you go there, you have someone that knows the ropes and you're not sort of doing the tourist thing. And it's fantastic. Yes. Something I noticed you said at the end of your show, by the way. You said life is about making friends. Go out and make some friends. That's it. I think yeah. that was at the end of your Mexico show. I can't remember. I saw so many of them now. Well, it's the point of the whole thing. So, so it doesn't really matter. I mean, hopefully that's what you're seeing, right? The food and my, my stupid sense of humor is just my way to get you. It's not really about the food. It's about what you just experience. Yeah. And I know that not everybody can afford to travel overseas, 
but you can travel in your own town. This season, I, I had more American places than before because of that. And the other reason is because we have amazing places. I went to the Mississippi Delta, right, in, in this season. I didn't know what to expect. I thought I was going into the movie Deliverance. I was a little nervous, <laughs> right? Yeah, I yeah. didn't know that they would nice, so like a nice Jewish boy. I didn't know. <laughs> and they embraced you. I saw that show. They totally embraced you, and they loved it. And it's a you know it's the South, so it's they're warm and friendly and yeah. I watched the New Orleans one too, which I enjoyed. That that was fun. You know what your show introduced me to, Phil, is something I'd never thought about before, and now I'm going to do all the time, and that's food tours. Yeah, I never thought of a food tour. I thought, why haven't I gone to when I was in Rome or London? Why didn't I take a food tour to find restaurants I would never find on my own? Right. Uh, I, I can name one in Morocco, in Marrakesh, where there was an American woman who married a Moroccan man. And they do these food tours through the big uh, the market where, where they have all the food stalls. You wouldn't know where to go. You need a little advice, right? And who knows better than people who live there and do this for a living? So it's a very good idea. Even when I'm in New York, why don't I do a food tour to find places that I wouldn't normally find? We have great, great food in America because America is a land of immigrants. So it's a mash Correct. of everything in the world. Yep. Yep. I want to know how you stay so thin. This is the question I get more than any other. You know how they make a dog food commercial? Hmm. They don't feed the dog until the commercial. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that scene that day and what you're seeing is a week's worth of filming condensed to an hour so i look like a pig but yeah but <laughs> not only I, that's all i ate that day probably what you're seeing in that scene yeah. but i'm only tasting everything and i'm sharing it with the crew yeah right, right? Yeah. because first of all it's really fun to share it it's only fun yeah. to share it if you're yeah me. i love that and that, then i can eat everything else yeah. But you know, it is funny to me. And you and you say this in every few episodes. You say, I, might, I wasn't even hungry. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. <laughs> and then you're eating and you're like enjoying every morsel. And you go, and I wasn't even hungry because I do that too. It's like I wasn't even hungry until something's really good. And you're like, oh my God, that's, you don't even think about it. Yeah, you know another what I mean? room opens up. Yeah. <laughs> Literally can't wait. The hardest part of doing my show is waiting to do it again. Oh, I'm and sure. season five, is that ahead? No idea. It's up yeah, to Netflix. Everything's on hold now. It's not the COVID. It's Netflix. It's just they, they haven't made they, a decision. They don't uh they only renew five percent of their existing shows because the computer has told them that they get more viewers with new shows than uh -huh. existing. So Oh wow. Yeah. So, so I interesting. I, I call them every five minutes. Uh, can we get, what do you think? What do you think? The numbers are good, right? Yeah, but that doesn't even matter. Strange. So we'll see. I'm on, I'm on the bubble, as they say. And if not that food show, you got any plans of what you want to do? Uh, don't you have two shows going on? No. Do you know something I don't know? No, but he does have a book. He has somebody feed Phil the oh, people so stories and recipes. Right. That's what you're thinking. Yes, which is coming up. But it takes that takes a year and a half. That that won't be out till twenty twenty two because uh, that's how books how long books take. But it's going to be yeah, tell uh, me. stories and behind the scenes uh, photos and beautiful photos from the series itself, and then the recipes people. Yeah, I was going to ask you recipes from the, all the places. Yeah, that'll be a fantastic. That's a book that's worth having. You're at Simon and Schuster. Yes, you know them over there. 
I do. I, in fact, Simon & Schuster, when I first got into the lit business, bought most of the books because Irving Lazar sold like 80% of his books to Michael Corda while he was the editor-in-chief there at Simon & Schuster. So when I was thrust into the book business, I only knew people at Simon & Schuster, and I mostly knew Michael Corda, who finally said, I'm going to introduce you to Chuck Adams. And then Chuck bought a lot of books from me, but I still have a fondness for Simon & Schuster. I like the group, and I like the people. They're a terrific publisher, although apparently now they're now owned by Penguin Random House. So I don't care. No, you won't care. And I don't think it'll change your book at all. It'll still be a Simon & Schuster book. They uh, made uh, such a nice deal. You want, you, it's funny, what I learned in the business is the deal, the, the money that they spend up front, whether it's on a TV show or a movie or a book, the money that they spend up front is very important because it means they're going to support that investment. Correct. Yeah. Now you're going to make all these people go, no, 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 I have to have a million dollars for some esoteric book. Well, listen, that... beggars can't be choosers, right? But if <laughs> yes, it, it, exactly. I, I realize there's a huge difference between uh, uh, a little deal and a big deal. Well, many times when they buy the book, they know where they're buying it for and for what slot in their publishing program they're buying it for. That's so right. listen, this has a huge TV show behind it. And so it, the book's going to do really well. And who doesn't like food? Cookbooks sell like crazy these days. Yes, uh, I you know I, I'm in love with those books that are that are like the 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 big beautiful book of Italy cookbook. Yeah, know, that look like coffee table books. You know, this yeah. is gonna be a big book with gorgeous photos, uh, not just of the food, but of the places and of course the people that we met. I can't wait for this book. I want the book. Plus, you're a good writer, so I mean, there you go. You got you hit every mark. You know what I mean? It'll be on my coffee table. I promise you that. I told uh, Netflix, you know, when the book comes out, there'll be good publicity for the show. So why don't you keep the show on so that yeah, there's a see? That's logical yeah, thinking sure. that they'll well, never understand. But if you want to call Netflix and say, let's go, people. Uh, very nice. I've watched yeah. so many episodes. I'm sure I've doubled the viewing. Thank yeah. you. It's going well. I can't complain. And they've been great to me. And, and uh, you know, it's just the, the the computer tells them things. I don't know. Yeah. Listen, it's a great show. If people haven't watched it, it's so worth watching. You get to see the most amazing things. And not only do you discover the food, but you discover the cities and you meet people you would never have known about. It's it's a education across the board. I've learned a few things. One is I love the, how people are different around the world, right? You, yeah. you celebrate their differences as we should yep. at home too. Uh, we celebrate our differences because that's what makes, you know, the the gumbo delicious, right? That's what yeah. makes it great. And then you also find, how does this person in Chiang Mai, right? How do they, how come we're connecting? Why is that? Well, a lot of people like the same things. They like really good food, right? They want uh, to live in peace. They want a better life for themselves and their children, right? They're so much better, I find, most people, most people are so much better than their governments. Oh, I think that's a universal feeling since most people don't get to choose their governments. You said something interesting, too, on your Vietnam episode, how the people on the street were just so they would greet you with hello, with with smiles. And when you think of Vietnam, that's the last thing most people think about because they're clueless about that 
country or the, or the people. They still hold animosity from 50 years ago or whatever that anxiety is. But they're completely different people. You, like me, I had a prejudice. I didn't know. What do I know about Vietnam? And then you go and you get your head turned around. Oh, it's nothing yeah. like that. And in Israel, nothing. you're expecting conflict. Nothing but conflict. Dangerous. Why would I go there? Oh, what do you mean? These Jews and these Arabs, they own a bakery together? And they, they, they wear T-shirts, all of them who work in the bakery for 100 years in their family? Jews and Arabs refuse to be enemies. It's written on everybody's shirt. In English, Arab, and, and Hebrew. Yeah. Unfortunately, that's the media. They only deliver what they want you to see. It's why it's so important to get out there and travel and especially meet people because you couldn't imagine them getting into a war with a country where you know people. You would say, why, well, why would we do that? But everything, everything, if, if, we, if we really fought over, over it, and trust me, our culture fights over a dinner table, our Italian culture, and I'm sure the Jewish culture too. We argue, we solve things over a dinner table, and we come along breaking that bread and sharing that experience, and, and you come away as family, whether you agree or not. But if we could just learn to do more of that and work out all our stuff over something delicious and over a conversation that we want to remember, think of how healthy we would become. Uh, speaking of sitting down with you, Phil, I saw a video clip of you recently, or a couple months ago, and you were uh, in the streets of L.A. at the Wiltern Theater handing out food. Oh, for the lines at the, uh, yeah, I thought it was a crime that people were being forced to wait online to vote. And in L.A., it wasn't bad at all, but you know the places where it was. And so I, I teamed up with uh, Jose Andres and the World Central Kitchen, and uh, I just wanted to bring attention to this, that 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 people could donate and make sure that at least, I mean, it's a small gesture, that there would be food for people if they're being forced to wait eight, nine, 10, 11 hours. To yeah, exactly. Right to vote. Criminal, right? So you make it a little better. That's all. And and I loved, I loved the idea of it so much. It was called Somebody Feed the People that I thought, wait a minute, after the election, people are hungry too. So I kept it feedthepeople.org and if you go to somebodyfeedthepeople.org and you you contribute to World Central Kitchen I'm matching your donation. That's right. amazing. Well, we'll, we'll be on That's that. That's amazing. Too, so Joey's going to put in 5 million dollars himself. I will. Wait, I have your checkbook in my back pocket. <laughs> <laughs> you can now watch all four seasons of Phil's award-winning series Somebody Feed Phil on Netflix. The next time we have to do this in person and uh I'm going to cook Anyway, thank you, Phil. All the best. And, thank uh, you very much. I love being here. Thank you. Well, the time went really fast today. It did. So thanks for listening, everybody. This has been so much fun. We really appreciate your support and for listening to the podcast. And please don't forget to rate and subscribe to our podcast. Two Guys from Hollywood is on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter as well. So follow us for announcements and recipes from the show. And next week, we're talking to the son and granddaughter of one of the most well-known names and faces in cinematic and Hollywood history. I'll give you a little hint. It's Sean and Emma, and you can try to figure out who their historical family is. So stay tuned, and we'll talk at you soon. Two Guys from Hollywood is hosted, created, and produced by Alan Nevins and Joey Santos. Produced by Lauren Boone. Editing and post-production by Nathan Moody. Music by Luca. Executive produced by Dan Patrick. 
It is also executive produced by Paul Anderson and Nick Panella for Workhouse Media. This podcast is a production of Renaissance Literary and Talent and Dan Patrick Productions in association with Workhouse Media. Two Guys from Hollywood is a production of iHeartRadio and the Dan Patrick Podcast Network. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.